We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to a mini episode this Monday of the Corner Podcast. By now, you know that I'm your host, Kel Dansby, here with the old man, Andreas Hale. And today's show is being brought to you by Blue Wire. Shout out to the network. Make sure you guys follow us on all platforms where you like to get your podcast Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you guys listen. Make sure you follow or subscribe to us on those platforms. Leave a review while you're there as well. We decided, because it's a crazy week, Super Bowl's coming up, we have a rushed week in combat sports in terms of boxing being on Thursday, uh, Dre's going out to Miami to cover that, it's a DAZN card, I'll be watching it and covering it from Bristol, I'm super busy next weekend taking my kids to Disneyland, a whole bunch of wild stuff is coming up this week, so we decided to make this into a corner podcast music and hip-hop little mini episode special to start off the week which will be followed by our boxing and mma episode combined on wednesday and then pro wrestling on friday but everything kind of came to a halt right before we decided to record this show and we have to kind of change gears at least at the beginning and pay our respects to the mamba kobe bryant after just it was just beyond belief right i I was without words hearing about his helicopter accident, which we now know took the life of him, his daughter, and several others. It is horrific, and I can't, I still can't believe it sitting here recording this episode. Uh, Dre, what are your thoughts about it? Because I'm, I'm still kind of at a loss for words. 
Um, it's it's really hard to process. Uh, somebody I was never like a huge Kobe Bryant fan on the court because I never liked the Lakers, but I always respected uh, the mentality that he brought to the game. And for me, with Kobe as somebody who watched him, you know, basically his entire career, uh, it felt like he was just now hitting his stride as a person, not as a ball player. Like him being out of the league and uh, being a father to four little girls. Uh, you know, him speaking, you know, I mean, it, it was so, it's so weird, you know, speaking out for, for WNBA players, saying that some of them play in the league, like, he started becoming an advocate more than just an athlete. And it's, it, it hurts, man, because it's like your mor- mortality is always in question and it can be gone in the blink of an eye. Like, nobody could have woke up and possibly thought that Kobe Bryant would no longer be with us, you know. It's somebody that we were seeing, like just, I believe, two weeks ago, he was directing traffic after a car accident, and he got out of his car and was directing traffic. Um, before this, he's giving props to LeBron, and LeBron put, you know, Mamba Forever on his sneakers when he passes him. Uh, about a week ago, what is it, about a week ago, we celebrated the anniversary of the 81-point uh, game. Yeah. It, it, it just, it's, it's hard for me to digest. Um, and, you know, he, he had a little girl, and he has a family. And uh, I don't know, man. It's, you know, watching people react and like I jumped off of social media because I, I just can't deal with all the noise. And sometimes I got to be with my own. And, you know, I'm looking at my daughter and, you know, now he's got three little girls that don't have a father or their sister. Uh, and it's bigger than just, you know, I know he meant a lot to a lot of people to watch him play because that's what idols do. And I know I want to make this very clear because I, I say this a lot. You know, we got to stop using the word legend all the time. Kobe Bryant was a legend. And I I would never deny that man that because of what he did as a Laker. That man's a legend. That, and it's hard. I'm talking about him in the past tense. He was a legend. But he, he remains embedded. And in, in, I don't, we don't, we shouldn't throw those terms around loosely. But what that man accomplished on the basketball court and how many people tried to pattern his game, who he patterned his game after Jordan and he took it to another level himself in his final years he became less selfish of a player and he was finding out how to get his teammates involved he became a teacher you know for guys like Kyrie Irving and Trey Young and then he became the father that we got to see and the advocate for women in the NBA and he was always at Las Vegas Aces games out here in Vegas I I it's just hard for me to process man it, it, he wasn't like an old man who passed away he was here visible there for you know that people had just seen two weeks ago, happy, smiling with his daughter. Three Memes days ago, were out there watching Braun. Yeah, when it's, they thought he was going to, you know, break the record. Um, I, yeah, this this is this is tough, man. It, it's tough. Again, I don't look at him as like the legend that he is. I look at the man, and I mourn for the family and the loved ones that really knew Kobe Bryant and really loved him. And it, this is hard, man. And I just you know I hope. Uh, the family finds strength in this this trying time, and I, this is not something you can get over. Life just continues to move on, and uh, I hope they found strength in each other because this this is I can't wish this on my worst enemy. This is this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, it really hit me tough because we'll talk about the surrounding circumstances in a second, but they really hit me tough finding out that his daughter was confirmed in the helicopter and uh you know Gigi had passed as well 
and seeing them. They were together all the time. He coached her basketball team. She was like a little him. Like she loved the game of basketball. And, and above that, she loved spending time with her father. So they were taking the helicopter, going to one of her basketball games at the Mamba Academy. And it was just like, man, he was an all-time great basketball player. Some people's GOAT. Top 10 player to me for sure. Possibly top 5. I don't even care where people rank him at this point. He was amazing on the court. Hall of Famer come this summer. He is beyond all of that as a dad. And he was a dad to the last, last moment. And that shit is sad. It just is. Like, I... Man, it's it's horribly sad. I just remember a few weeks ago thinking how dope it is. Every time they showed highlights of Gigi and everyone called her the Mambasita. I was like, that's the dopest nickname. Like, Kobe's daughter, the Mambasita? That's like the dopest shit. And I was like, yo, when she gets to college... She's going to be killing it. And then the WNBA, and she's going to have the nickname. And then now you just stop. And like, wow, someone so young isn't going to get there. So much promise. Like, accidents happen, but it is definitely sad. Um, we have to talk about some of the way we report these things, though. Yes. Because we were in our group chat as stuff was coming out. Um, you're obviously, you know, in close contact with the sporting news, news desk all the time and, and the chat, you know, the whole communication goes on. I'm in a Slack channel and a chat with the entire ESPN staff and our news desk and everything. So we're seeing these, we're trying to get the right information while at the same time seeing all this misinformation happening on Twitter and social media, Twitter specifically, um, of, and even I'm watching ESPN on the Pro Bowl. ABC does a cut-in. And this guy says Kobe and his four children are in the helicopter when it went down. And my heart jumped out of my chest. Come to find out, it's still horrible. Him and his daughter, Gigi, his oldest. But this guy reported that all his children were dead. Like, on air. And then we we have this video circulating where it seems... It seems like a news anchor said the end Los Los Angeles N words instead of Lakers. She said she got mixed up and was saying the Knicks and then tried to switch it to the Lakers and came out like Nakers. I heard a G in there. Whatever. Semantics. But you, you have these things and people are always trying to be first and people care less about being right. Twitter damn near killed Rick Fox for like half an hour. Yeah. So we really have to slow down with the misinformation because it does no one any good. And honestly, it hurts more people than are already affected. Yeah. And, you know, like for us over at Sport News and the Zone, because we have like the Zone Canada, which is the main broadcast of the NBA. So this we had a lot going on. And when we had the news, obviously, everybody's frantic, but we slowed down. We had a couple of our, our staff slow down. I was like, look, we're not first. Let's be right. Let's just make sure that beyond everything else, let's just be right in what we're reporting. Let's not report rumors. It's very sensitive. There are people lives are involved. Not in a this is not a figurative sense. This is a literal sense. So we slowed down and we made phone calls and we found out like the Florida affiliate of ABC was reporting 
um, that all the, the all the daughters were on board, and we were like, "Well, how did you guys know? You're in Florida," and so we had we started to dig a little bit more, and people would want to be first because they want clicks, and we at, at a certain point, listen, the reality is TMZ is going to be first. They don't have to run by journalistic rules. They don't have to confirm with the family. They're going to run their report. And more often than not, they've been correct about celebrity deaths. You just got to respect that part of the game. Your job as journalists, like our job, like, yes, I'm in combat sports, but this is a company-wide initiative when this came up, was to be correct and to debunk anything that was wrong. Not to be first. Be responsible. And I think a lot of people don't get that. Be responsible. In your journal, that, that, that's why people don't take journalism seriously anymore. Like y'all, y'all want to call something classic after it comes out, or y'all don't want to take the time to find out if a report is true or not. You just want to be the first to report it, or y'all want to post a video of the helicopter crash just so you can get some extra views. Fuck all that, man. Just be responsible in your reporting. Be correct because there's real people are involved in this. This isn't just like some this network of people that you don't know. This is somebody's lives, and yeah, Rick Fox had to. You know, Rick Foss couldn't process the fact that somebody he was friends with had passed away. He had to fend off that he was dead. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, for someone, I don't even know how that gets started. To someone just like, yo, watch, watch what I can do. No, it's somebody and, and drum says up something. This rumor, like I, I don't understand. Somebody says something, and it just they take it as you know the gospel without doing any research. Because, you know, as, as people know, when, when things like this happen, they don't immediately report the names until it's confirmed. Yep. But then people start speculating. And they were like, oh, well, he had to be with. Or I heard he was with. That's not good enough. You have to confirm. TMZ doesn't necessarily have to do that. They got, like, eyes everywhere. But you have to confirm. And that's how these things get spun out of control. One person is this. One person is that. A report, like, somebody sends a text message to somebody in Florida. And they were like, oh, they were all on board. All right, we're going to report it. Nobody did their due diligence. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's it's offensive, man. And it, it should, shouldn't even be something you're talking about when you lose, you know, an all-time great on the basketball court, a Laker for life, and somebody who just kind of carried the sport through the next frontier. Uh, that's what we should be talking about. A man who, you know, whose family doesn't have a father anymore, a husband, you know, and, 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 and children who don't have their sister and a mother who doesn't have their daughter. But instead, we got to worry about who's got it right and who's first for your little clicks. That's just whack. Yeah, man, that's sh- that shit's crazy, and uh, uh, yeah, it's it's horrible. You know, our process is much like you guys' process. We have a news desk, we have people digging, uh, we have a woj, which helps out a ton. So we just sat and waited, um, you know, on the social lane of things, and it was not about being first. We, like you said, it's about being right, and uh, I wish everyone would take that same same step because now it's a whole nother process, and. Uh, you know, the families grieve, fans grieve. One of the things I saw on ESPN was like, we, in some way, all grew up with Kobe. And they were talking to someone, like, I forgot who they were um, getting comments from. But they were like, we grew up with Kobe to the point he was 17 taking Brandy to prom. Yeah. And everyone loved that. Like, we, we saw all of these transitions. And now, to see him as a father with his daughter who's 13, like, that's almost the age... People started knowing who Kobe was. Like it, it's coming full circle. It's crazy to think about. So uh, now that is sad. You know, all the blessings, prayers go out to everyone involved and affected. Um, everyone listens to the show who's a huge Kobe fan. If you're not a huge Kobe fan, it just hits you hard. Um, make sure, make sure you guys. If it does hit you hard, it's okay. 
you know, talk to someone, get help if you need so something. Um, that's something I learned when I was at the news station, like when October happened and all this stuff in Vegas. And a huge point was like, yo, even covering it, even seeing this on your timeline, all that stuff could be traumatic to you too. Like if it does hit you hard, harder than you thought it would, don't feel bad or don't feel like, oh my God, I'm so ungrateful because his family's going through this. Why should it hit me hard? Talk to someone, get help if you need it. So, uh, this, this touches all of us and, uh, condolences out to everyone and one other thing I want to say and I, I said it on Twitter before I kind of disappeared it's okay to not say nothing yep I, I just want to be very clear like there's a lot of people who feel like they have to like some people their therapy is to tweet or to talk to people or whatever but don't feel like if you don't have nothing to add it's okay you don't need likes you don't need retweets it's okay to, to deal with this in silence you don't need to tweet the links out to your Kobe Bryant negative articles because he's in the news cycle. That was um, just... Ugh. Oh, ooh, that wildly, woman. I, I wildly insensitive. Like, listen, there, there is the reality here that there, there was other people affected by in Kobe Bryant's life, and we've heard these stories before, but there's a, again, there's a family mourning. Your little fucking story about what happened and the accusations and the and the DNA and the like that shit can wait. Right now is not the time. That feels disingenuous. It feels like you want attention. You're going to yep. get the fucking attention. It won't be the maybe the one that you care about as a person because ultimately the only person that really wins is the Washington Post cuz they're the one that's going to get the clicks. The reporters are the one that's going to get railroaded. You should be a little bit more responsible because that shit don't matter right now. Like do you think Kobe's daughters give a shit about your DNA report? They don't. So you like chill, tarnishing like trying like we already know like it's not like the Kobe story was not out there, but to try to do an hour after his death, whoever the editor at that desk was, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> chill out, don't do that. Cause he, like even if Donald like we all know how we feel about Trump, but if something were to happen to Trump. I know that he has people that love and care about him, and I know those people are mourning. I'm not going to just destroy the man immediately after he passes. No. You don't do that shit. Don't do that shit. Yeah, so people have no coof at all. Just use common sense, people. Um, we have like a couple more minutes. Like I said, this is a mini episode to get us through to a longer one-hour episode on Wednesday about boxing and MMA. So with our last couple of minutes here... The Grammys are also tonight. Um, we'll be watching those. We'll be watching this uh, as we record on Sunday. We'll be watching Royal Rumble as well. With the Grammys, we really haven't talked about them at all. Dre, this is your first year not being there, right? Or covering them directly? I haven't been in a couple of years. I did the program every year for like the past five years. I was the live blogger a few years ago. Um, yeah, I'm not involved at all this year. Maybe it's because of my zone affiliation. Like, I didn't reach out to see if I need to write anything, but I wasn't impressed with the nominees. I don't give a shit about the Grammys. <laughs> That's it. I just, I looked at the list and I was like, yeah, I don't care. None of this stuff. Like, Nipsey, okay. Everything else, I don't give a shit about. I don't. But even, I, even past that, you look at the narrative I've heard around the Grammys is that there's this scandal that they've been fixed. And it know. starts at the top trickling down and tampering with Grammy. And we always looked at some of the nominations and were like, really? But not to a point where it was fixed. Like, some people were popular and got awards. You know, nominated for awards. Over maybe more deserving 
hip hop albums, but I, I'm I wouldn't think tampering. If you look at that in the whole narrative around it, it makes me wonder how much stake do you put into an award like that anyway? Like if I mean, we say Kendrick Lamar had the best hip hop album that year, if he doesn't win the Grammy, is it that blasphemous? To the artists, listen. Any artist that says they don't want the accolades is lying. Everybody artist wants accolades. That's why you make music. Like you make art for other people to appreciate, and you want people to recognize and appreciate your art. And winning a Grammy means that you're not just appreciated within your circle or within your group or the culture. It's your widespread. Like he wanted. Like Kendrick Lamar is a Pulitzer, for instance. So it's bigger than that. Um, but we also have to f- stop falling into the trap that this doesn't define who we are. Like. A lot of my favorite movies don't win Oscars. A lot of fav- my favorite music doesn't win Grammys. Still my favorite shit. Don't give a shit about the award. But I'd like for other people to recognize how talented some of these f- filmmakers are and how talented these artists are. But, again, it, it just is something that we should... When you win it, you feel great. I've never seen somebody win and was like, I don't want this shit. Never happens. Nobody ever was like, just throws it in the trash. It's not like Medusa with the WWE Women's title. Those in the trash. It doesn't happen like that. Lil Wayne was ashing blunts in them. I'm pretty sure, though. Like, on a MTV Cribs, he's just walking by, ashing a blunt in his Grammy. Yeah, like, it's it's something that people want. But we also have to recognize that, especially for, like, hip-hop culture, ain't enough of us voting for these awards. Like, I, there was, I think, a few years ago, I actually saw the it's a list of names they get to pick and vote. Like, I was on the Voting Academy for BET before I worked there. And I would see the nominees. And, they, like, some of my favorite artists weren't even on the list. So I just didn't vote. There were certain things I'd be like, if it's art, I'm not just going to pick somebody. But the reality is, is there's just people. Like a jury in court where the jury uh, is not a bunch of smart people. There's a lot of idiots on the jury that, that dictate the lives and the futures of the individuals that are accused. It's the same thing with these nominees. Like, I don't think everybody that looks at those lists has listened to every one of those albums. Or watched every one of those movies. They just pick whatever the fuck they want to pick. They're people. And some of them will, will pick what they like. They'll pick Taylor Swift because they know it's a big pop song. They won't look at a foreign exchange or boogie or anybody. They're like, I never heard of this shit. They pick <laughs> what they like. It's just the reality of it. We can't get caught up in that. Like, they're never going to be us. Until we take over the Grammys, which we had the Source Awards, and then we kind of ruin that shit as a culture. But... It's never going to be us, and we got to be fine with that. We got to be accepting of that. That doesn't mean we don't strive to find to put more of us in there to make a difference. We still do. You have to shake up the system by getting involved, but we can't act like they're going to recognize us. We got to know who's there. No, I I agree with that sentiment. It's just then the opposite goes to people say then we're not supporting it. Right, that's that's always the rallying call. Like, oh, the Grammy's not for us. We're not going to support it. I may win. I'm not showing up. Didn't Jay Z do that a few times? Yeah, he boycotted it because nobody was going to nominate. And you have to take a stance that people will recognize. Like, if if that is going to be your stance, that's your stance. Because boycotts and things like that are are done to bring attention to a situation. That's it. And Jay Z wanted to bring attention to a situation, and he did. You know. But then what happens after that is what we got to be curious about. So 
I don't. I, again, man, I, I just I look at these awards, and yes, I've worked there. I've written. I did the oral history of, of Kendrick Lamar's two albums, and I did the oral history of Beyonce's Lemonade, and I interviewed these people, and I've talked to them about how important it is. I've been there. I worked behind the scenes. Not as close as, like, the producers, but, you know, a lot of us, uh, to be tr- completely transparent, we didn't know who won. We never knew who won. Like, we were, sur- we were surprised when Kendrick Lamar lost to Taylor Swift that year. To Pippa Butterfly to 1984, was it, Alan? I believe? We were, like... Our crew was legitimately surprised. We were like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we, and this, these were white people. Black, they were all like, what the fuck? So we don't know. And I wasn't, and I wasn't like staff, but I, like, again, I worked the program. I did the oral history. I, was a, I worked, but we didn't know. My editor was like, she was blown away. She was like, what? So if there is a higher power that's dealing with that shit, I wasn't close to it. But... You know, that's why I don't put too much stock into it. That's all. Uh, it, it, artist wins, I'm pissed, and I'm just like, oh, well, moving along. But when we win, we should be happy. Like, when Moonlight won an Oscar, I was happy. You should be happy. Yeah. Celebrate the wins. Yeah, but don't get too caught up in the d- defeats. Because they're not really defeats for people who don't acknowledge you in the first place. Word. So, uh, nah, man, that's pretty much our mini show. It, Like I said, it was going to be an all-hip-hop show but kind of got dominated by uh, the news of Kobe Bryant and his passing. So even though we're a combat sports show and we talk hip-hop and all this stuff, we're you know a show about talking about real life. And this affected sports, not just basketball, all sports. Boxers, MMA fighters, wrestlers, everyone's tweeting about this today as it happens on Sunday. Everyone's in shock. So we felt that it was only right for us to to touch on that and um we'll get back to our normal scheduled programming on wednesday and break down uh some upcoming boxing we'll recap the weekend that was in boxing and mma and of course on friday we'll talk about a packed week in pro wrestling and i'm sure the surprises to come in royal rumble because they're going to be great We want to thank you guys for listening to this mini episode of the Corner Podcast. And uh, make sure you guys tune in on Wednesday for MMA and boxing combined. Also, make sure you follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. For now, you guys take care. Hug Hug your loved ones because you never know what tomorrow holds. We appreciate you guys for listening to us. But that's it for us. Peace. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.